Welcome back to the Mel K show. If you do not know my guest today or following him, you are missing out. Uh, one of the shows out there that keeps me uh, sane and and laughing, though, mat- no matter what goes on, uh, Frank from Quite Frankly will make your day far better. <laughs> Thank you for joining me, Frank. Thank you for having me back, Mel. And I cannot wait until you make an arrival on my show. I will. And- yes. Or an appearance. Make an appearance. Well, I can't wait to come back. I was lucky enough to be in your awesome studio. People might not know you're also a musician and uh, you do all kinds of things. You're also an f- excellent filmmaker and editor and all this amazing stuff. So uh, you come from all different uh, places. And you also, your show, I love your show because you have on different things. You have a book club. You have on people from the arts. You have on people from politics. You have people from science. It's just, it's always a great uh way to end my day is to check out who Frank had on and what he's saying about the world. So uh, let's get into it. Uh, first things first, I left New York about uh, four and a half months ago. You still are in New York. So uh, give us an idea of what's going on there and how, uh, I don't know if it's the the migrant or illegal alien, which they're, they're going to be, I heard, uh, putting in a bill to not allow you to say that anymore. Uh, I don't know if that's the issue or what's going on, but how's New York treating you i you know i i i'm around a lot of people that are just communication is just broken down around here um i i don't know it's it's bigger than all of that obviously we are one of that uh, about 25 miles away from me is like the epicenter of one of those uh you know of this this invasion this sponsored this government sponsored invasion and uh i think everybody sees the same thing it depends on how far down into the depths of Stockholm syndrome you really are that you think it's some some sort of a uh, good thing. It's natural. It's all you know. There's not. There's no nothing nefarious behind it. There are some people who are so, and they, and again, this is all really just rears its head in 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 that fantasy world of social media. But um, there are people who are so invested in the wanting to tr- troll and trigger people on on uh you know on account of politics or race or anything like that they always try to make this as a oh you what do you feel you you feel uh triggered because you know white people are not going to be a a majority and like like they they go off that's the thing that kills me the most when people go to the most obscene ridiculous places and you say white white majority you really think this is about brown versus white still you retard you know it's just uh, that's what kills me i'm in a place right now mel where we got to find something else to talk about yeah at least from time to time because um you're looking into the eyes the the face of madness and to report on that every night and try to find a new way to describe the water that we're drowning in is it's a little uh it's a little daunting you know so i think it's a complete to sum it up, a complete communications failure. People are really not emoting very well because there is no real authentic space for communication. Social media is a farce. Yeah. It's a farce. Yeah. So that's that's really it. 
Yeah, you know, it's funny. I've always been saying the whole, like people think that social media brought us closer together, like Facebook and all that. I say absolutely not. It really uh, cut people off from, you know, authentic emotions, authentic feelings. People are reacting. People are always in some kind of conflict and chaos. People feel like they have to jump in and and people that would never do this in real life. And it's caused a lot of, I think, like anxiety on a massive scale. And uh, but that's one good thing that you do on your show is that you mix it up. You have on uh, you because some people are just straight constantly like doom and gloom. And you you tend to bring in things that are off the off the uh, main uh, path that we are on to kind of show us that we still have a lot of good things going on. We just have to uh, be very disciplined to uh, make sure that we're not fully, uh, as I call it, like addicted to conflict and chaos. It feels like we have a country full of addicts uh, that have hit rock bottom at this point. But um, yeah. so, yeah, yeah, go ahead. No, no. Last night we were, well, there's a couple of things we did recently that actually relate to all this. Great. Uh, well, first of all, I would say if you're looking for a really interesting new young citizen journalist voice to have on your show his name is nick shirley okay. and he he is um he's from utah but he snuck into a migrant center in new york city and he speaks spanish so he's asking them he's just asking them you know how so he's been getting incredible testimony from people who are being put up in these hotels for seven months uh food board insurance uh temporary working papers whatever the hell it is and of course incredible security not only security but legal representation these right. places these places are shut down so tight they don't want you talking to anybody um and he so that's really where i've been getting a lot of my information on that we know uh, we know we know what the, the the point of all this is but as far as the common person's experience and the average new yorker doesn't like it um i i, I understand there is this knee-jerk reaction whenever news like this is exposed in New York or Chicago or anything else like that. There'll be people from you know red states in the comments going, "Well, you get what you pay for," I'm like right, exactly, or you, you get what you vote for. Like I was like, "Wait, oh, hold on." So, so we're all we all agree that voting is legitimate now. You know, you you, you think that this is now if it happens in a blue state, it's because they overwhelmingly wanted it. Does everybody remember like Prop Eight in California? Yeah, exactly. Right. I mean, that was that was just like 2009. Yeah, exactly. I mean, this is this is so beyond illegitimate, so beyond it. It's yeah. uh, it's, it's crazy. But um, we've been talking about burnout a lot lately, Mel, yeah. um, where, where people's heads are at. Where do they go uh, for that? Last night I was talking about brotherhood and fellowship because I've been watching Lord of the Rings with Aurora. And uh, and I just wanted to know I wanted to know people to call in. Just just tell me. Who's that person that you know would leave it all behind and come with you on a life or death trek into Mordor to destroy the ring? And toward the second half of the show last night, I actually posed the question, is the ring of power the biggest ring of power in our lifetime right now, social media? Because for as much incredible things that can be done with it, uh, it, it is a reality distorting monstrosity at this point and it doesn't reflect real human relationships in the least um so these are these are the questions i've been wanting to ask instead of you know analyzing the uh the urinalysis of joe biden's uh children you right. know what's you know what's in hunter biden's urine this week i don't i who can do it anymore i don't know 
I don't either. And, you know, I, I have a book that is is on its way and it's actually based on the 12 steps for uh, citizens that are addicted to conflict and chaos. And it has a lot to do with what you're talking about. Fellowship. My own experience in that world was that it was the people around me that were like minded that, you know, knew that there was a problem and knew that the problem was them. And that they had to themselves figure out how to move forward in a healthier, more productive, more, you know, harmonious way for themselves and in, in relation to others. And we really have to get back to basics in that. And I'm so glad that you're doing shows on that because people don't realize that turns into the mental health situation is one thing. It turns into a physical deterioration. It turns into isolation. And, and I think we have a major epidemic in this country with uh, isolation and loneliness. And it's just been so hard because people like us, we go out there, we talk to people, um, you know, you, you have a very full life and a young child. So you're interacting with people all the time, but there's a lot of people that have given up. I feel like at least they've been beat down so much. So it's really important to keep on that idea of fellowship and getting out there and who's on, who's in your, in your foxhole with you, God forbid. And uh, I agree with you about social media, especially, you know, this whole idea that X is some kind of like revelation when everyone jumped on in the beginning. And I mean, the biggest names are the biggest names. We're talking the millions and millions of followers, like kissing the ring. Elon Musk has saved us all. Thank you so much. We got thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And there's people making, I guess, decent money on there. I'm still I have every day people say I tried to follow you and then I was unfollowed and, and it's OK. I'm fine with I'm used to being censored as much as people can for four years. But the people that have enormous accounts on there, I have a feeling that uh, those that follow and live on there think that those people's thoughts at this point are their own. They see somebody that's a giant influencer on either side and they think they implant that in their heads. So there's another problem going on with social media. And I think we talked about this last time. There's a military grade psychological operation going on through social media that most people understand, or at least are, are getting to the place where they understand that social media was actually created by DARPA and the Department of Defense and the, and the lunatics that got empowered after the Patriot Act. But there is actually NATO documents and documents from our own military talking about using social media as a as a weapon for the brains, you know, to, to control how people are thinking and feeling. So my thoughts are on that, and I wonder yours, is are people being fed ideas by these giant amplified accounts that they just immediately accept as their own thinking? Like, I think people aren't taking a step back. I think they're just jumping onto it and then they incorporate those into their lives. And these people seem to be chosen because you'll see if Elon Musk retweets somebody, then they're an authority <laughs> suddenly. And I don't see these giant accounts actually digging in to the places that you and I do sometimes. I see them right. always staying kind of on the surface and not really identifying actual solutions, let alone who really what really is happening. Uh, yeah, I, I think that the one thing that w became so much easier with with the Internet, uh, e even though at the same time it was the death knell for the dominance of traditional media, the television, the radio magnets, although we can get into that, though, in a little bit, the radio buy ups from the Soros, the Soros groups right. that that triggered right off the bat. I said, uh oh, that right there. Um, it's definitely decentralized things enough so that these chasms open up and voices like you and I come through and that that in itself is in, is a, incredibly helpful but it's also obviously very easy to astroturf ideas across several mechanisms not only 
not only to be able to talk through so-called influencer types like Elon Musk or, uh, you know, however independent you think he is, uh, you know, he, he's had to rely on some very powerful people and, and sources of funding to do what he's done over his life, including the United States government. Right. And then, you know, but, but then on the other hand, there is something as very simple as uh, non-human activity in comment sections and chat rooms. Right. I, this is a... I would not be surprised if one out of five people that have been uh, have made friends you know, that people have made friends with over the years are not even real people on the internet, <laughs> or like common faces that you see. Oh, so and so's in the chat room tonight. How you doing? I'm doing fine. How's everybody else? Yeah, yeah. This and that. I, I bet you any money. It's just one of those things where I love going live. I love doing shows live. But I, uh, over the years, I've seen even chat rooms is just like, I wish people just logged in. They, you know, maybe jumped into the chat room if a link was shared or something else. But for the most part, they just sat back, watched the show, call in, something like that. Because you'd be surprised how easily influenced people's ideas are by just being around, you know, the echo chambers and chat rooms and, and comment sections. That applies to everybody. You know, no human is immune to propaganda. Right. Propaganda, you know, that's just a tool. It, it's not good, bad, or, or indifferent. It's how it's used. And um, it's it's big with group identity. And depending, let me ask you this. How often on Twitter do you have a tweet that goes out and you get a lot of detractors? Unless, of course, you go and say something that you know would be unpopular with your particular target audience when do you get a lot of detractors i think i might get a, a tweet that ruffles leftist feathers once every three months i'll see people i've never seen before right yeah i mean for what, me what yeah i mean for me usually it's because i cannot believe that people don't understand that it's it's not left or right republican and democrats so when i see them being like the democrats are doing this the republicans are doing that and i'm like Whoa, 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 whoa. We're all equally being screwed by the same people in my mind. You know, this I call them the, the parent company of America that, you know, functions above us. But for me, um, that is it. And you know what? The truth is, I've been attacked so much over the years that I don't even bother a lot. I, I honestly I try not to really uh, I don't think Twitter is real. First of all, and the people that are amplified, you know, every once in a while, like Dan Bongino put out a list of the voices that he thinks are the best on the Internet. And God bless the 20 of them that have hundreds of thousands of followers and all. But to me, it's like every time I see something like that, I'm more like, well, what's the point of, of being here? And uh, and 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 you know what? If it was really not uh, if it was really a free speech platform. Then everyone you followed as they posted their their it would come up, you know, like when somebody posts at that time, it would post and anyone that's following them would see it. That's not what's going on at all. And, uh, you know, when you get the most detractors, it's usually like, you know, saying something. Honestly, the most of them come when you're talking about the this issue with the children. I feel like that's when they they come out of the woodwork. If you're if so you put up something about something that is, they're teaching in school that's like outrageous or some kind of like uh, somebody from the mainstream media is arrested for child porn or something. That's when for me the the bots and they are obviously bots because they all say the same thing in slightly different language, which is obviously AI. But I do feel yeah. like if you go there, 
you are opening up a, a and which is so scary and sad because you would think that there wouldn't be people like, well, that's, you know, you don't judge them. You don't know. It, it's an identity or it's, you know, it's, it's you know, who are you to judge? Well, I'm I'm judging. But, you know, I don't know. What, what do you when do you think that that there's the most uh, backlash? I, I, I don't know. My, my whole point in my whole point in asking you was that I, I feel that everybody has been so tightly and uh, un, in, in undetected ways put into echo chambers that I'm yes. sure that if you're a, if you're a big if you're a big account, if you're like a, a Tim Pool type or anything like that, uh, you're already on people's radars where they're going out of the way to watch what you say that, that so they can go after you. Oh, yeah. But but I, I can tweet for months on end and I can get nothing but love back because only people in my immediate networks are really seeing me the most. And like, there's no detractors. There's nothing. There's not, there's, there's no actual. And, and you say, well, what, what's the matter, Frank? You looking for, are you looking for confrontation? Like, no, but I am looking to bridge the gap. Yeah. Maybe try to, 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 to toss a couple of, uh, you know, little nuggets into an opposing camp to see if anybody can be stimulated into watching and opening their minds. I mean, we are being kept totally apart and it's not good. I, no. I don't think it's good. Well, I think it's a silo effect. And this is happening in many, many areas of society, uh, all the way up to the top of our government, because I, I don't know if you've been following, you tend to, but you know, all those times, uh, we've been friends a while. So, and I've been watching you for, you know, four years straight. Uh, but I have to say a lot of things are coming out right now. I see them pushing the Russia 2.0, the, the new Russia gates and, and digging back oh into that. And it's always the same usual suspects, the people that were never held accountable. And what's becoming more and more clear to people that are paying attention is that, um, whatever happened in 2016, 2017, and 2018 at the highest levels of the Department of Justice and what I call the fourth branch, the, the un, uh, unaccountable, unelected, uh, unconstitutional uh, intel branch of our government right now that seems to have more power and more control over everything else than they ever should have, let alone they should never have existed. But what I think we're seeing now, too, is a total lack of accountability, total lack of consequences, total lack of, of acknowledging anything is wrong. You're seeing the rolling out again with this one arrest that's very suspect. They're now saying, well, that 51 uh, Intel people, CIA, a lot of them operatives that signed on to that this Russia, uh, it was Russian disinformation about the Hunter Biden laptop. They're trotting that out again and they're trotting out again. And then I saw that all of the Trump persecution um, cases right now. They're actually coming from above. I call it the fifth column. They're coming from Norm Eisen at Brookings and Weissman at Just Security and all Mary McCord, all the same people that were involved in the Mueller team, that were involved in Crossfire Hurricane, that were involved in both impeachments. Those people never were held accountable, never were even called out. I found out recently that um, John Durham wasn't even allowed to talk to, uh, look at the work product or investigate anyone that worked for the government at all. And, and I mean, like no one on the Mueller team who are the most guilty of them all uh, at the top of that team. But also, yeah, Eisen, everyone else, nobody was. So then that was siloed. The whole Durham investigation was siloed. If he could only look at external confusion GPS and some of the other ones and maybe the Clinton, but couldn't look internal. And then you go back to, well, they literally spied, <laughs> committed treason and sedition on President Trump while he was duly elected in office. And none of those people paid and then put themselves back in power positions above our government, it appears, and are still running everything. And I think that 
there's a fundamental, totally disconnected um, situation that people are not being held accountable for anything. There's no responsibility, no judgment, no, none of that. And yet they keep steamrolling. And just this week or, or last week, Mary McCord, one of the main people involved from the beginning of 2016 and all of that, had a uh, interview at NBCnews.com. And she said, well, if Trump does win, we're getting ready with lawsuits and, and options. And we're looking at everything he's done to make sure that the minute he gets elected, we take him down again, which is what Norm Eisen and all of them did. And the Transition Integrity Project in 2016, he was he was yep. uh, kneecapped, not able to do his job. So this is where we are, where it's a post responsibility, post accountability and, and a totally upside down situation. Uh, you were on with uh, Roseanne on her her show recently, yeah. and I was watching that episode. Great episode! You've been really been kicking ass lately, just in general. Oh, but um, it, one thing one thing that you had brought up in there it became a widely shared clip with some people too, is you just kind of demurred to say anything positive about where you think this is all going, and. And I, I'm right there with you. you what you describe what you describe right there is an unstoppable force. We are hoping to be the immovable object. And it's just we're we're being set up for something that is there is no it's it, I've been saying for a long time we're in a post-political world, a post-constitutional world. It's uncharted waters. It is just who how how dirty are you willing to play? Um how how far are you willing to go? Because I can't in my right mind. I've never been the hopium type. I see things that get me excited because I'm intrigued as to how they'll turn out. Right. But I, I've never been the type to say, this is it. This is what we've been waiting for. You know, I'll I'll, I'll assess the situation and go, this could be interesting. Right. But uh, I don't I really don't know how good this is going to turn out. Uh, but that which is why we need to always take account of the things that really matter and right. to be able to do the best we can with the, the the small amount of time that we have on this earth. You know, when you think about, especially now I do a lot about that. I do a lot of thinking about this stuff and taking a, taking inventory on, on, on what this world we really live in is all about around tax time, because you have a system that emboldens and protects criminals, yep. prioritizes the non-citizen, wages domestic war through the courts and their their so-called law enforcement right. and then they go and they enlist their media to gaslight us all about why this is all happening from the wars to the phony investigations this and that and then in april they send you the bill <laughs> they send you the exactly. bill for it all in april that uh, to 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 bust your ass for everybody out there to bust their ass yep. to have 4 months out of every year have the fruits of your labor for four months out of every year get sent to these worthless criminals so that they can do this to us again for another 12 months. I can't tell you how much how much hatred I have in my heart for that, for for that. It, it bubbles up so much. And, and which is why I can't do that. I can't do it. For Lent, I gave up, I gave up unpleasant social media interactions. So it's not that I'm not going to comment on on news out there if the news is unpleasant, but I'm not going to spend time on the for you tab uh, making fun of the Krasensteins for at least a, a month or or so. I, I can't you can't you know this stuff rooks you of minutes, hours, days, and weeks of your life that you're not getting back. 
So on top of the fact that this is a very real existential threat for us as a nation, as a as a dwindling culture and all that stuff, it, it is 100% true and we should never lose track of what we're facing. At the same time, we are living individual lives and it's it, it's just, it's sapping everything away. It's It's infuriating. It's infuriating. We are right now in $34 trillion worth of debt. We have geopolitical chaos everywhere. The central bank digital currency is looming. The BRICS nations have expanded beyond Saudi Arabia and continue to expand. And all I know is that many experts keep telling me that gold and silver is the best way to hedge against inflation and to protect your savings going forward. Did you know you can convert your 401k and IRA into physical gold and silver today? It can be shipped direct to your door or stored in a secure location. So go to our partners page at themelkshow.com, fill out the form, and someone from Beverly Hills Precious Metals will get in touch with you right away to help you figure out the best course for you and your family ahead. Stay secure, stay safe, and prepare now. Yeah, and I mean, this is a really important thing because I feel uh, many, many people right now keep watching them. First of all, they haven't passed a budget in America since 2008, and yet we're paying our taxes every year to to a, a black hole uh, that you know we're not even allowed to look at. And and then and the government and I've seen lunatics online say this: well, you know, it's not our taxes that are paying for it. That's so stupid. Yeah, it is. You know, like, yes, it is. And then I think when um, remember, back, I know you covered it, too, when that IRS executive order came out um, and it was, you know, everyone was focusing on the 87,000 agents. And, and obviously, uh, James O'Keefe had a, an expose with an IRS guy saying they've been learning to shoot and how to do, you know, contact. And we've been watching all the all the. Uh, unnecessary FBI raids on January 6th of protesters who did nothing. So there's a fear factor of the IRS, but what really scared me the most about the entire bill on the other side that wasn't getting any news was the AI and the uh, blockchain and the idea that the IRS, it appears, if you really read what they're saying and you know the bigger picture as you do and, and, uh, is is that they're kind of going to get rid of even the opportunity for us to do our taxes ourselves or even have a middleman or a turbo tax or any of that. Are you, are you talking about this, this story about the um, how AI has been implemented to, to monitor every financial transaction that we're doing that it's yes. not even affiliated with the IRS? It's actually a DHS program. Yes. And that, that they've already. Exactly. I, I read that they've already uh, recaptured or collected over 500 billion dollars. Yeah. From from either fraud that the AI caught or the, the bigger the bigger issue there, potential fraud. I mean, I, where the hell we go from there, Mel? That's the where biggest problem what you just said and and this is what people don't fully understand. First of all, DHS came out of the unconstitutional and awful and really I think the death knell as far as uh, our freedom and and liberty and privacy, the Patriot Act, uh, you know, when you look back and you look at the Patriot Act and you're like, so TSA, DHS, DNI, this new Department of Justice National Security Division, which I believe is the one running the, the January 6th arrest uh, operation and the domestic terror operation. Um, but when you look at all of this, the level of privacy, but the, the scarier part is that a lot of people are giving them 
access to their entire lives. I mean, we didn't, not a lot of people realize LifeLog and DARPA and, and um, you know, Facebook and all that, but I'm talking about in your everyday life, when you scrape your card over and you don't realize MasterCard and Visa are partners of, of DHS and these programs and that they're watching everything you're doing for multiple reasons. I obviously, I think they do uh, want to implement the CBDC and the social credit score component, but there's also the, they're trying to scrape money from us anywhere they can, every way they can. And, and my, what I'm seeing is that the idea of us paying taxes will turn into here's what you owe, or even worse, we're going to take it out of your bank account as we go or, or, you know, in, in multiple times, whenever they want. And there will be like Harari once had a, a clip up there where he was like, well, it's whoever runs the algorithm, you know, and, and then if you want to check why your credit's bad, they won't know because it's an algorithm. And that's what I feel. That's where I feel like they're going because so many people feel yeah. the way you feel, which is why am I paying taxes when obviously the people of the United States on any side are totally irrelevant to the people that are running this country. So that that's where I see it. And then like the minority report, what you're talking about, predictive policing, predictive, you know, corruption, predictive money laundering of us is the is the, is the reason. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. To, to feel like. To, to 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 be made to feel like the government where uh whereas this the tax code that we have is completely illegal and nonsensical even if it were legal right. for them to be taking this position of don't screw us over give us our money don't try to hide any of your money from us like you as if as, you know what that means that means that even if you have a paper route right you could be you could have the most you can have the most I mean, what job is out of all of everybody in this audience, how many of us have jobs that are illicit or illegal, you know, or, or, or jobs that bring harm to somebody to think about taking any kind of a, I don't know, a, a position anywhere. And the fact that all of that money could be ill gotten gains, if you don't present it to somebody else is so it, it, it's, I mean, it's, it's rape culture. You want to talk about real rape culture? I mean that—that's what it is. That's just—that's just incredible. And um, you know, the the fact that you can you can go throughout your time knowing that you really commit to having putting a good day's work in to try to bring an idea that you had uh, forward, or to to find yourself really stable employment, to to go to work, to do the right thing to just want to live out your life with your family and your friends, have a couple of summer barbecues, relax whenever the hell you can on a Sunday. I mean, and, and then to read about this stuff and have to double, double guess, man, did I cr double, did I cross all my T's? Did I dot all my I's? Uh, is there any way, shape or form, any way in hell that I could have missed a hundred dollars there? Uh, it's something that accumulates over to like, I, did I, did I commit a crime? Like, it's one thing for you to actually be in, you know, the money laundering business right. or, you know, to, 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 you know, be a Shylock or whatever the hell is going on there. Um, it's another thing to just be a, a common person. And, and now you're living with a growing sense of paranoia about what some autonomous computer program is going to see about your life and uh, uh uh you weren't conscious enough to report this or to show this and uh, that's going to be 750 dollars and pay it to us by october oh do you we can give you an extension if you want right. just going to be a little bit of interest i mean it's 
it, it, it's incredible, man. It's really incredible. Um, yeah, but I, these I hope- are the places that I feel like, you know, left of center, right of center, they, people have to stop playing the, the fraud, the lie that there are two parties and you have to align with one and all of that. I don't feel most people that I, at least I interact with believe that either party gives a crap about anything. It's like uh, you have on a great uh, constitutional uh, expert a lot, Chris Ann Hall, who talks a lot about, you know, what happened between here and there. And, you know, uh, one time you guys were talking and I went and I pulled up the 27 grievances of the Declaration of Independence. And I was like, you know, we are here. (laughs) This is where we are. Maybe it's not the king this time, but for me, I call it the parent company of the United States. And then they have a parent company that's global. But um, at the same time, we have to realize that, you know, I, I my, the hardest part is I think that there's the masses of America and I'm talking probably 15, 20 percent that identify left of center and, and same right of center probably feel like this is all total garbage, that we're in a totally corrupt, totally uh, disastrous situation where, where the total the government is fully impotent, if not fully controlled and and uh, that we eat, none of us are really being taken into account. And so something like what we're talking about with the IRS and then them going to this level where it's it's AI and then the, the agents are just for um, enforcement. This is one thing where I'm like, well, doesn't everyone agree that that's wrong? And then and then there's multiple things like that. So to me, it's also what are the solutions? Like we, we both have friends that are. Uh, uh, some of these people that I go on union with and other shows, they're they're libertarians, but some of them are literally anarchists that don't believe in voting or or government at all. And more and more people are trying to find a better way. And I, I as a as a whole, I wish that there. That's why I want to do like the the fellowship and the actual like take AA and make it freedom freedom anonymous or something. Like what are the what what can we be doing uh, on a scale that can unite people and at least on some level to fight back. It, it always comes down to finding new ways, new ways to make education fun. For me, I'm, I'm always trying to find a way to make education fun. People just need to be educated. They don't know anything for the same reason why people are unable to make common ground on the, the, uh, the, the illegal alien invasion. Right. Where everybody sees this is not right. You know, there's hundreds of thousands of people getting bust in, but every a bit of, but of course, the ability to really link arms and identify the problem and say politics be damned is usually buffered by the fact that people have been by way of media and education just groomed into seeing everything as a left versus right, right. A, a a white versus non-white, a um, you know privilege versus oppressor. Uh, kind of a mentality, victim, it's just that holds everybody back where you almost want to agree with somebody, but the need to be contrarian and hate them because they represent uh, some kind of a, in your mind, a special interest that you have an opportunity to go and fight by standing with the migrants and, you know, this and that. Um, That same exact thing applies to, why we can't see eye to eye with tax with taxation um people see those who want to pay less in taxes and do away with them as people who are greedy people who are trying to hold on to the vestiges of some kind of sense of supremacy that that those taxes and what is what keeps so many people going now with the with the wealth redistribution so they they go and they personalize 
in in, in every country that this this scam is implemented. Yeah. They personalize class warfare, race warfare, uh, sex warfare, all that. They personalize this stuff for wherever they're implementing the program, and it makes it hard for everybody to see the obvious. But if there's some kind of a way, like I have, I have friends of mine, you know, friends of mine who are left of center, uh, black, uh, Hispanic, whatever. And when I'm sitting with them, and it's just me and them, and we are talking about stuff, it is so easy, so easy to just shine a light on something that otherwise, in a group mentality, in a group setting, where there is nothing but everybody's allegiances being triggered into action, it is so easy to make inroads with everybody. The people you are going to have a hardest time making in, inroad with is a white leftist. I agree. A white leftist, they are they are by and large gone. They think that they are they they just see themselves as beyond uh, any kind of measurable level of intelligence. That they they have been they're just just so above you that they have to actually come down to earth to sit with you on a back porch somewhere and have a conversation about the world. It, it's um, that's the real thing there. How do you make real education accessible? And what does that mean? Real education is it, is it even viable at this point to try to teach everybody about George Washington? No, it's not. We have to get to even, even more basic. It, it is your life, my life, where where one person's boundaries ends, the other person's begins, voluntary action, what tax, what money even is, you know, uh, where the money is going, the history of these social programs that have been implemented by government, whether they've helped or hurt, what the stated intentions were, how you how you see loss of, of autonomy along the way, where you have less choices for who to vote for, because now you're just a, a dependent you're just a child again. You think you're free. You're not like people have got to see how dependent they are and how enslaved they are for all the talk about making amends for 19th century, 17th century slavery. We are living with a level of slavery that is 10 times worse. I mean, just because you can get up out of your bed and walk down the street without incident and go to Dunkin Donuts, right. you think you're free. I mean, people have got to actually see the bars around them at this point it is frightening so that that's what i rack my brain over how can you how can you just make this digestible for people who have never had a chance to even conceptualize what kind of a situation we're in and and where it all started yeah yeah i mean that's that's very very important and and again where it all started uh is you know a question out there you know i look at the 1963 murder of jfk and everything forward has been a cover up upon a cover up upon another trauma event upon another cover up to keep these people that are unelected a lot of them senior executive service no matter who goes in as president for whatever reason it's just him and who he's not uh you know uh, putting in or appointing but all those other people stay there and just continue down this rot that we're at a place where there is such a like i said I, I always say about America, we're sick as our secrets, which is also a recovery term. And I, you know, it's like you want somebody to just pull off the uh, the bandaid and let it all rip. Let's just know everything, uh, you know, regions of national security. Well, that usually means that our government did something terribly wrong and does not want the people to know, you know, or it's yeah. uh, we can't talk about it because it's in a, it's in an investigation, an ongoing investigation. I just saw that they decided that Seth Rich's murder is still an ongoing investigation. And, uh, you know, that that's always the thing if they if they want to hide something. 
but I think we do have to start to really be honest with, you know, what we can actually do as individuals. And and you've been saying this, honestly, I, first time I talked to you was probably almost three years ago, two and a half, three years ago. And you were one of the first people out there who was saying you really have to prioritize what touches you, your family, your community, your neighborhood, what what's real, what matters. And I think a lot of people have to get uh, really serious about that. That is threatened right now. You know, I, the, the things that really matter to you weren't threatened before as they are right now. And as this escalates, because, you know, I, I don't know if you're watching this uh, online at all, but the FBI, I don't know what happened there. Uh, on a, I, We both have talked to all the FBI whistleblowers and my audience just sees them a lot on my show. But I have to say, they put out posts on the Internet that make me more and more nervous and scared of them every day. And it's but they're these are woke posts, you know, or they're about, like you what? know, like const- what's recently. Yeah. Recently like, what? Yeah, go ahead. No, oh. no, like give me an example. Oh, so like I'm, they're I'm, so they're talking about, you know, um, anti-authoritarian, anti-government uh, extremists. So they're talking about the big, biggest threat to this country is is something, you know, that that isn't, say, white supremacy. Or they're talking about uh, the shoplifting e- e- uh, epidemic and they put up a picture of two young uh, white girls in, in Bloomingdale's. You know, like yeah. really weird stuff is going on that is uh, very ominous. And every every post is something to do with super woke. And then if if and it, that shouldn't be the job. I when I watch the FBI's like public face right now, it's it's they want you to be scared of them. They I, I, it's it's a very strange situation going on, and and I don't believe any of that's real. This anti-authoritarian, anti-government uh, new uh, division under DHS and and FBI joint task force it is really making us. I think. Uh, except that we are helpless and that we are enslaved and that there's nothing we can do about it. And and I, I don't think there's nothing we can do about it, but I think people have to acknowledge that it is coming from uh, these agencies that are, you know, I think totally out of control and, and are purposefully um, making us apathetic or copacetic or whatever. Uh, I would say to, to even add a little bit more to that, I was thinking about this um this this one video I was watching from the border again. Somebody was down there doing a report at the border and of course like is happening so much these days as the reporting you just see this this I don't know 25 this 25 rolling 25 deep group of people just running by yeah. waving to the cameras thank you Joe Biden all that all that crap and um I said to myself they want us to hate these people and it's working. They want us to, because you, you think about, think about having people just walking through your backyard um, with no respect at all, no consideration at all for you. Nothing wants to, they don't have any idea. They don't have any care about what the local uh, community is like. They don't care about you. They don't care about your family history. They're here now. They want to be fed. You better just pay up. Yeah. When you take that, you take the FBI, you know that DHS, the DOJ, the White House, all, all these, there's so much that comes together to make these things happen. They are in the gaslighting business. That's a term that everybody's very familiar with these days. But for example, when you take the FBI talking about, I don't know, um, you know, uh, the shoplifting culture, and you go and you you try to 
personalize this or make uh, or I, I I should say uh, color it in by bringing in two white girls in Bloomingdale's to kind of insinuate that, oh, this is a um, widespread pr problem and everybody does it. And we're not going to talk about any of the demographic uh, realities of where a lot of the, the shoplifting and the violent crime is coming from these days. Um, and it's not mainly white communities. So but and everybody knows this. Yeah. But the fact that the FBI, the CIA coming out and commenting on the George Floyd situation, why they would have any kind of any kind of SJW, uh, you know, uh, opinion on, you know, on what on, on what the Chauvin case should be, what that should be. Where are these coming from? They show up to pre present people with something that they know, by and large, those who benefit from the narrative, who are protected by the narrative, they understand that they can continue on with criminal behavior, with racist behavior. They can continue on doing and demanding anything they want, and they are going to be in good, well-protected company. Right. And for the rest of everybody who still knows what's going on, but they are not a direct beneficiary of the operation, they are becoming increasingly insane because they know what the reality is, and they are starting to see all the chips stack up against them in doubling down on investing in that the inverse of reality is actually what it is. They're daring people. They're yes. daring people to go out of their minds and do something crazy because once it happens, then they have st something statistical to report on. There is racism in the country. There is xenophobia. There's migrant hate. There's all this stuff. They're trying to create the reality. They've always been lying about existing. They're trying. Yep. And it's uh, that's the scariest part because it, it, it creates an itch, a fire in your brain that you can't put out because it's, you know, it's psychological abuse. This is what yes. torture is. That's why it's, you know, it's uh, it's something to behold. It really is. Yeah. You know, I always I, I save a lot of these. I call them opposition playbooks. Sadly, some of them are from the White House. But um, on my resource page on my website and one of the scariest ones to me is the NATO Cognitive Warfare Manual that came out in 2021. And uh, that uh, there's a whole, <laughs> I mean, it's probably, I don't know if you've noticed this lately, you and I both do a lot of research, literally uh, the first 10 pages of now both DuckDuckGo and Google are trusted news sources. Everything that used to come up when I, when you and I did hardcore research four years ago for you longer than that, but three years ago, most of it is almost impossible to find. It also appears that they got to the archive and to the, the, the way back machine. Um, but whatever the case may be, I know that where we are now is what, whenever you're trying to actually look for these statistics or anything else, they are completely gone. Like, and then when you read them, you know, that they're not real. And then I'm sure you saw as everyone on my show did on Wednesday, uh, when you are seeing Google's AI and, and then all the putting in, like, show me a Viking, show me a Nazi soldier, so, all this stuff. And you're seeing, and then you hear and listen to the people who are creating this on the back end. This is where we go back to uh, a big problem you've obviously talked about on your show, the Weather Underground, and uh, their extraordinary influence, not just on Barack Obama, but on this country. Because just recently, I've seen a lot of videos, not just of this giant socialist movement, and it's not just the AOC and the squad, Democratic Socialist of America. It's another level. And then you're seeing this huge uptick in these this communist movement, which is, I am, I am positive, is coming out of 
those like Bill Ayers, Bernadine Dorn, I, they took over the Poison Ivy League. I know a lot of people don't realize that the Columbia School of Education, Columbia School of Journalism, University of Chicago, they spread out. And I see that this is the same ilk because what you brought up earlier is very important about all of this for white people to understand, which is the problem is that these are often running the show, funding the show, organizing it are very affluent people that actually had white privilege for real uh, that are creating the narrative, that are raising the money, that are fueling the narrative. A lot of them have people that have, you know, gone to these uh, poison Ivy League type schools or the next level, which I went to that they asked me for money yesterday from NYU. And I I wrote back that, you know, they've, they've created a Marxist ridiculous dystopia. I'm embarrassed to put on my resume. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> but I have to tell you, like, the real problem is what we're saying is that this is actually that class of people, again, trying to create a revolution uh, in America to destroy us once and for all because they didn't do it the first time. That's how I feel about it. And I see them marching. There was a big march yesterday. Um, I'm sure you saw it online and it was real. And then people were like, that's feds. And I'm like, it's not feds. <laughs> it's not. Are you talking about the, the one in Brooklyn, the communists in Brooklyn? Yeah. From our farms to your family, all organic protein, fruits, vegetables, gut health, immune support, and so much more. We have products for weight loss and collagen and muscle building, products for children, athletic performance, and 30-day programs for just $12 a day. You can save $50 on your first purchase of $75 or more with the code MELKWELLNESS. Go to the MELKSHOW.com partners page and check out MELK Superfoods today. I was looking at that and I said it was really interesting to me. Um, I didn't know if they if they were if it was all just very symbolic or they're just whatever. They were so stupid they couldn't even get the the call and response down. But uh the only solution is communist revolution and they're marching through Brooklyn and all that stuff with the hammer and sickle. And all on the day that uh they announced the death of Jacob Rothschild, which I thought it was really it was uh apropos given the fact that in the early night in the early 20th century um a lot of the financial houses in new york city run by people like jacob schiff you know coon and loeb all yeah. of those uh very influential places they were responsible for not only funding but training the bolsheviks in the streets of new york right you know so lenin or i should say stalin these young bolsheviks out there they are getting trained in the streets of New York, yep. funded, being kept up in 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 uh, in, in uh, hotels, and, and and once they were ready to be shipped back over to Europe with about twenty four million dollars worth of gold to go and foment a bloody coup d'état in Russia, that would of course go to infect every kind of traditional culture in Europe over the course of the next hundred years, and we're still living with it today. I thought it was so interesting to see the commies back in the streets of New York in the place where they were originally trained and sent off to destroy the world. Hundreds of millions, hundreds of millions of people that you want to genocide galore would make Hitler blush if for all the all the the hand wringing we do about Hitler and the Nazis these days. Um so I thought it was really interesting. And of course, what is anybody going to go nuts over that? Now, if those people were carrying swastikas, it would have been, it would have been, I mean, where would the news begin? Where would the news end? But, but of course, who, who has the privilege these days? We can see it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really nutty.
Yeah. You know, and it's, uh, and they're using them as, as again, this is the scariest part. It, like I keep saying is this mind war that we're in where they openly admit the people, you know, I am, I'm somebody who believes NATO is the one world, you know, this, this global governance agenda, 2030, uh, military side that continues to build. It is not a, in my opinion, a defensive force of any kind at this point, it's been totally used for what it is. But again, this is also fomenting what you're talking about the the Russia, Russia, Russia 2.0, and the uh, the uh, idea that, you know, everything's Russia, everything's Russia's fault, everything, you know, and, and then it's like, well, why aren't we looking at our own internal situation and watching that and taking it seriously? Because what you just told is, is some history that most people do not know about the training of the Bolsheviks and the and the amount of globalist. Uh, well, they're globalists now, but then they were just the the banking dynasty families that funded that the first time and, and are funding it now. Right. Uh, again. And it's all to use us, I believe, as weapons against each other and cognitive warfare. And, you know, there's an actual line in that NATO uh, cognitive warfare document that says that that, that that they are using people's minds as weapons without them knowing and that they can do it with one person or they can do it with a group or they can do it with the whole city or whatever and how advanced they are. They're like bragging about it. You know, a lot of people don't realize that mind wars that uh, Aquino and Valet wrote in uh, 1965 and and that when they were writing that, they were saying by 2020, we could take down a whole country without firing a shot psychologically and through cognitive warfare. And um, right now we're edging towards that. And that's March in Brooklyn, I believe, is the first, because what I'm also seeing is I saw yesterday that the um, Biden regime, oh, Biden regime, I call it, that they put out a whole document about that they're going to put an executive order to ban the uh, were the illegal aliens after Trump said it on stage and that everyone is human and that they're now going to have a class called non-citizens and citizens and non-citizens and citizens will all be treated as human beings and looked at upon as human beings. So what's coming ahead, I'm sure if you put two and two together is uh, the ceasefire now funded uh, uprising is is losing its cachet to these people. So I believe that there, and I had been told this many times, there's going to be a demand citizenship uprising upcoming probably in mid-March, April. Oh, yeah. And I'm watching it come in real time. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, oh totally. Oh, totally. Uh, th there's going to be, because what, what is it really? Um, e even if you look at the, the, the mainstream Republican types, they don't even really want to do what needs to be done no. as far as, shutting the border down for at least 10 years nobody's coming in while you clean out the interior everybody the more moderate stance the revolution everybody thinks that oh no we just need a better way of processing these people processing them they need to be repelled right and and nobody's ever ever you want there, there's another obtuse uh you know this the, they, everybody tries to act like they're slow to understand what's going on here or 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 they create some kind of a they create some kind of a straw man. I don't know anybody who looks at people who are in this country illegally, illegal aliens. That does not mean that they're not from this earth. That Again, obtuse to see right. alien, alien in, in a, in the legal sense and to say, Oh, this is, they're referring to them as something subhuman. It is so out of this world uh, with what they're willing to do to create some kind of precedent or some kind of a pressing need to, uh, to, to start asking for blanket amnesty. Yeah. Because that's exactly what this has always, always been about. And I forget what you were even saying before. Um, 
No, that there's going to be a, a, a demand citizenship uprising. They need another one. I've, I've said it. I was on with Sam Tripoli a long time ago, and I go, listen, people came up to me in New York. This is when there was 60,000 illegals in Manhattan right before I left. And and people were telling me what I was seeing, that they were the, that the Democratic Socialists of America, def, different NGOs, including the Open Society, the ones you're talking about that are funded by them but are legal or lawyers for the illegals, that they were having meetings in these different places like the Roosevelt Hotel and that on the like invites and the text messages they're getting, it was hashtag demand citizenship. And we're talking, this is about eight months ago. And yeah. so I kept saying, cue the uh, demand citizenship riots around mid March, and I feel like that is it. Like it's a playbook. Y you know this. It's a so. It's the summer. Yeah, the summertime is coming. That's huge. I think the last time you and I spoke, we were talking about um, we were talking about that that theme of what what would the blue helmet invasion actually look right. like? It wouldn't be anybody with the UN on the side of a blue, uh, you know, military helmet. It would be the American army enlisting hundreds of thousands of foreigners who do not care about anything over here and would not mind running domestic operations on people that they have no real connection or allegiance to. Uh, you know, it's already becoming a multilingual army. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's an incredible thing. And I think that's what I wanted to talk about before when you mentioned mind war, uh, the biggest thing about mind war, as you know, psychological warfare, that first generation of it was right. more so about how to screw with people um, when they're already in the act of fighting. But the mind war was about through domestic media infiltration and everything like that on your target population. You would instill this sense of there is no sense of urgency. There is no reason to fight at all. Everything is fine where you have already instilled in people this, uh, this ultra pacifist or completely dismissive uh, mentality where even if there is a reason to stand up and defend yourself, you have already completely checked out of that sort of response of that necessary response at times. If we are not reflecting that right now then uh, tell me what the hell the situation is because uh we have been way we are years past the point where there should have been a real response to true dangers for all the the, the foreign dangers that they sell us from the middle east from africa all this other stuff what's been happening here at home where we really needed an a, a real hard-nosed response right I, it's incredible what people are going getting into bed with right now. Yeah, Illegal and only, yeah, and I can only believe. And this is where when people say to me like, "What? Well, what's their end goal? What's their?" And I'm talking about the Pan Am uh, community, not not the not us in the Hunger Games, the, the the Pan Am folks that are funding this, that are supporting it, that are running the media operation, that are running the intel operation, that are the fifth column kind of doing the dirty work of you know the parent company of Planet Earth. Um, they, uh, to me, I believe that they are already fully financially, emotionally, psychologically, all of that, the, the billionaire oligarch that we all know, uh, sits above America and American politics are already done with America. So in my opinion, I think that they have cashed out of America, uh, the sooner the controlled demolition of America is over, the better for them and that they will continue to, to, you know, foment this and have us fight each other. And what you're talking about with the border, again, remember, you know, and there are people on the left. I did a, show, a round table where I was the only uh, somewhat conservative person and people were talking about immigration like it was 19, like 82. Like, and I'm sitting there thinking, what? 
people used to come here and want to be American citizens. These people have no interest. And then you're seeing right. the Democrats not only putting up this thing to call non-citizens or citizens, but they're all equal anyway, or, or OOC with the amnesty situation. But there's also a whole push for um, you know, this idea that we are global citizens already. So why are you even bothering? I mean, we're just part of this globalist world. So, I mean, that's also another big threat. And another place that I think if people, I think the DNA of America is also about, we don't, we don't take well to bullies, but people aren't seeing the actual bullies because so many people don't call them out, don't call them by name, don't point at them. And when they do, you know, they have their whole army that comes in. But, but I do think that we're at a place where you know, we, the people have to really start to, you know, go inside and decide what, what it's worth for us. I just, you know, it's sad. It's just, I think January 6th, unfortunately, um, made people scared to get together and to, uh, to unite and to do that on a massive scale. I believe that there would be a huge anti-war protest in DC right now, if January 6th did not happen, that would unite people and many other things. So, for me, I'm just hoping that enough people out there feel like it's their personal responsibility to individually do what they can to make a difference in their own lives and where they have influence and and uh, and and can actually do anything. People have to empower themselves and not be so reactionary. And I think you're a good uh, you're a good moderator for what's going on and what people should actually be looking at and what is is junk. What is what is distracting people into uh, being helpless, you know? Understood. Understood. And I, I appreciate your take on on that and and your your glowing reviews and I love what you do and uh, I look forward to all the many months and years of, of working together. Me as far too. as what I was going to say before, it, it it was comments you were making outside of it was before you were wrapping it up. It was something something really good you were you were mentioning about where we're heading and citizen and non citizen. But I'm sure we'll have other times. And uh, it's just thank you and for everybody out there. I'm live. Quite frankly, is live weeknights at 7 p.m on quite frankly TV. You can find me all over the place, including rumble and, and all that um, all over the place. But as far as just, Hey, who the hell is this guy? And we're kind of find more out more about his work and the on demand uh, section and the stuff we've done, the stuff we're going to do quite frankly TV. And I'm live weeknights at 7 PM. Um, thank you so much for everything, Mel and all the best to you guys. Oh, thank you so much. And uh, everyone go follow him now. Make sure you're following everyone, their newsletters, their personal websites, all of that. We don't know what's coming down the pike, but uh, censorship is not done with us. So you got to be the person that becomes censorship proof yourselves. Uh, thank you so much, Frank. I'll see you in New York for sure. And I uh, really appreciate you and everything you do. I'll see you next time. Peace. It's that time of year again. People are getting sick. They're getting the flu. They're getting the cold. They're getting all different kinds of things. And I have always been very grateful for my friendship with Dr. Zelenko, Dr. Z. And though he's not with us anymore and I miss him every day, he has left behind the best remedy to me for anything that ails you. And that is Z-Stack from Dr. Zelenko. There's Z-Flu, Z-Stack, and Z-Kids. There's also many other products there. It's all about naturally boosting your immune health and fighting anything that comes your way. Dr. Stelenko was ahead of his time. He is out there fighting for us still to this day, and he's left behind the best gift. The gift is your health. So go to melkdrz.com, or you can go to my partner's page at themelkshow.com, click Dr. Z or Z-Stack. Better health for us all awaits. Thank you, Dr. Zelenko.
Did you know that there are more than 60,000 known chemicals in tap water and the EPA only tests for 91 of them? This is why we're so grateful that we partnered with Healthy Hydration. They offer whole home water filtration, shower filters, under-the-counter pre-filters, molecular hydrogen water machines, hydrogen water bottles, and so much more for a healthier home and family. So go to themelkshow.com and click on our partners page and check out Healthy Hydration and everything they have in store for your health and wellness today. Mm-hmm. 